a science story, huh? These NYU scientists, they felt And I just thought, well, it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Matina Abush. The story was recorded in October 2014 at the Rex in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. It was years ago, um, back in Iran when I was only one year old. When I came home and saw a little baby girl sleeping beside my mom's bed, that was when I realized I should grow up fast. <laughs> I was an older sister. It was a serious job. I had to take care of someone. I didn't have any other choice. I had to learn how to become a little parent. The first five years of my childhood were spent during the war between Iran and Iraq, half of which my mom had to take care of us alone while my dad was gone to defend his country. I didn't have the luxury of acting childish. She needed my help. After the war, my parents resumed their education in Tehran University. They did the best they possibly could to be around, but by the time I had already gotten used to my role, being a responsible, careful, little adult. During my school years, I have always, always been a good student. My teachers, my parents, everyone was so proud of me. Seeing them happy for me was a sign that I was doing right. Their happiness was my encouraging force. Later on, I went to a competitive university for my undergrad, and then I went to Turkey to take a master's degree. And in all these years, I never got out of my role. I never failed in fulfilling what was expected from me. Being a good girl always came first for me. I would do whatever it takes to be a good student, a good daughter, and a good wife for, for my husband when I was only 21. Yes, I was 14 when I met a boy. I mean my husband. I named myself his girlfriend. And soon enough, I became his little parent too. For everyone around me, I was an example of a good woman. I was successful, so a man could show me around and say, my woman has done this and that, and feel proud of himself. I was patient. I didn't have many expectations. I was faithful no matter what. And all in all, I would do my best to be a good woman and build a, pict a picture of a perfect couple, and later believe that we are a perfect couple. In my subconscious, I always believed that I could only go up to a limit. I, I cannot fly further. 
I can only go where people around me think I can go. But also, I cannot go lower than where people around me think, people around me want me to go. I, it may sound strange to you, but I didn't know how to want something. To survive as a little adult that everyone admires, I had made this handbook of rights and wrongs, and I was following the instructions, all of which were leading me to where people around me had planned for me. At the time, I was thinking, they are my plans. Not to mention, I came to US because my husband at the time thought it was a good idea. And now that I had the chance, I should do it for the future of our unborn kids. Yes, that's true. I came to US to be a good mother for the kids that I didn't even have. Maybe I wanted it to, I don't know. As I said, I didn't know how to want something. I was so busy with satisfying people around me that, that I, I, didn't, I could not separate my wills from my environments anymore. Maybe I was excited too, I don't know. Maybe I, I was excited, I was excited, I knew that I was excited for my new experience in Carnegie Mellon, CMU. But now that I'm thinking again, I was excited to be the best and make my people happy. That now included my advisors too. I, I worked very hard, days and nights, and I was successful. My advisors were very happy. But something was not the same anymore, my environment. I remember at the class that I was taking in computer science department, students were talking about their ideas about, for the term project. One wanted to build a device that would lead blind people by telling them what is wrong them. One wanted to make a system that would automatically play songs uh, based on your mood, and so on and so forth. I remember I was listening to them, feeling like Alice in Wonderland, and I was thinking, what am I doing here? I'm screwed. <laughs> how, how can they even think about these things? They should be very smart that they can do such things. But when I talked to each of them, I realized that they're actually like me. They don't know how to do it. They just have ideas. But they have the courage to have those ideas. That was the difference between us. In CMU, I witnessed these kind of unlimited imaginations and self-beliefs all the time. And I witnessed them becoming true too. In my little world that I was always the best and praised, there was not much room for imagination. I always thought, that is it. People are happy, mission accomplished. I, but you cannot, you can, maybe you cannot imagine how difficult it is, how strange it is when for the first time in your life, you get the courage to turn around your head 
and ask yourself, am I happy? In CMU, I saw that a lot of people know a lot of things. At the beginning, it was scary. Not being the best, I thought I am the worst. But CMU taught me that no one needs to be the best for anyone. CMU saw me as an interesting individual, different than others, and let me free. To think, to imagine, to decide what I want, and encouraged me to be ambitious. CMU wanted me to be happy. Then I decided that I want to be free. It may be costly, it may be painful at the beginning, but I didn't want to be anyone's good girl anymore. It is difficult. It is still difficult. Questioning every single part, every single part that used to define me, and creating a new matina does not happen with no pain. People that were used to the comfort of the services given by previous matina found these changes drastic and sometimes even unfair. But, but I had faith in what was happening to me. That was during this time that I realized that the picture of a perfect couple is just a picture. It was time to end it. So we spill it up. Along the way, I gained very good friends, two of whom I owe a lot. One of, one of them is here tonight, but one is not in Pittsburgh anymore. They were very patient with me. They were always there when I needed to speak out my thoughts. I admit, it was not the easiest job in the world. They helped me to believe in myself and stay strong. It was right around the perfect time that I was enjoying new me that I met a special person. Someone who appreciates me for who I want to be. With no expectations that I am obliged to satisfy. Someone who doesn't need me. Someone who showed me the difference between living with each other and living for each other. With him, I feel free to be happy. I feel free to be free. With him, I'm actually in love. Yes, everything was changing. I was changing. These, that was these changes that made me to question my research experience too. I knew I was doing very good and everything was fine, but it was just not that fun. I knew I liked doing research, but why I don't enjoy it? I asked myself. And again, the answer was the same. The whole time, I was seeing myself as someone whose duty is to produce work, report it to the advisors, be happy with their satisfaction, and sad with their criticism. I, I was not even thinking whether I like what I'm doing or not. 
after all, it was their research. I remember the day that I said no to this. It was tough and somehow risky, but I couldn't risk going on like this either. So I went to my advisor and I told him, I want to work on a structural health monitoring. I like this field and I think I'm going to be successful at it. And he believed me and he said he's going to do his best to support me along the way. And he did. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> it was ambitious. Completely new field. I didn't have any background. I had to learn a lot of things. I had to learn wave mechanics, physics, machine learning, signal processing. I had to present my work to the community that I had no idea about. But I did it. I did it enjoying every moment. I presented my thesis proposal a couple of months ago, and uh, hopefully I will get my PhD in less than a year. And I am very proud of my baby. I mean my research. <laughs> and I am now part of that community. Here I should thank my advisors, both of them, Hei Yangno and Mario Berges. Without them, it's not possible, of course. I remember my dad told me that what you actually gained from your experience in CMU is way more precious than your PhD. I could not agree more. Oh, I love my family because of believing in me, supporting me, and being happy for my happiness. I'm now surrounded by wonderful people. Some of them are here tonight. That they don't think I am a bad person just because I want to be a good person, not for anyone else, just for myself. Now I can imagine freely what I want to do, where I want to be. It needs training. You need to train yourself not to be scared of being ambitious, of being yourself, of being happy. Thank you so much. That was Matina Ibpush. Matina was born in a town that carries the scent of apples and the generosity of grapes and shelters happy flamingos. She holds a master's in construction engineering and management from the Middle East Technical University in Turkey and a BA in civil engineering from Tabriz University in Iran. She's currently a PhD candidate at civil and environmental engineering at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, a city that's treated her like a good friend, challenged her, battling her, and ultimately understanding her better than before. She writes Farsi poetry, leads the Persian student organization, and has performed Persian dance at Pittsburgh festivals. This show was produced with PCR, Public Communications for Researchers, at Carnegie Mellon University. Follow them on Twitter at PCRCMU. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have archives of the podcast and upcoming events. Also, we depend on listeners like you for our support. If you love the podcast, please consider donating at storycollider.org donate. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Weck, Darren Barker, and Ari Daniel. The podcast is produced by Rose Evelith. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to The Rex for hosting the show, to PCR and Adona Yosef, Jesse Donetz, and Arden Shore for amazing help producing the show, and to the San Francisco Giants 
for winning right when we went to San Francisco. Thanks for listening.